This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a, here, here's a here's a fun uh, fun topic from the game I we, we haven't brought up yet. I know Scott's a big fan of this one, so maybe I can throw it to him. But uh, did you did you guys happen to catch the uh, Uncle Nick's hot mic moment? Yes, and he came in the locker room after <laughs> and so started laughing and said, "Did you hear my hot mic?" And like he knew, and he, his kids were with him, and he said, "Guys, you're not allowed to listen to this." because <laughs> he was there all the kids were in the locker room again today but uh and marshawn was trying yeah. to get rid of his kids he's like anybody want them uh <laughs> but nick uh felino was like yeah no no they they can't hear that but yeah so he came and originally i think he thought the ref was saying he was going for roughing which in in reality he was going for the cross check and the guy was saying roughing uh, that was the other penalty that was being given. So he skates by and hears roughing and he's like, oh, you're saying I should have fucking punched him in the face or whatever it was. Um, because basically, like, I should have got my money's worth uh, because I didn't actually rough him. Right. Uh, that's, how, that's how I read it. Like, it, it, yeah. looked, it looked like Konechny just randomly punched Felino, got a freebie, and then Felino didn't even really hit him. And then and then he gets how, – how does that how does that cancel out? It's like one guy got hit in the yeah. face and I just addressed him. Yeah, it was it was baffling because like Felino Felino dropped his gloves like he wants like really fight, and so I looked it up and, and Konechny has fought more than I thought. Like I've kind of always thought of him as more of a like a Marshand esque pass pest. Like yeah. you know, like he'll definitely he'll get physical, he'll get under guys' skin. But I didn't really think of him as like a like a fighter. But he's had quite a few fights in his career. But uh, he he wanted no part of a fight with Felino no. though. That's I think a little out of his weight class, so uh, he kind of quickly backed off. And well, then yeah, he I think that's what a Felino... glove. Like there were gloves. Like he, he didn't have both of his gloves. Yeah, on. I think he kind of did drop a glove, but um, but yeah. So I, I that's also what I thought is like Felino was saying. You know, like I tried to do this right, and now we still end up with matching penalties type thing. You know, like yeah. I, I should have just socked him back. I guess like, <laughs> but that's the problem when the ref turns his mic on for the like 30 not even like the 15 seconds that he needs to talk over the speaker to say the penalty and you run by him and you're swearing (laughs) it goes over the mic so yeah he maybe he learned something uh from that but it was also funny and and he definitely kind of thought it was funny too because he we were not like we have players made available to us and he wasn't one of them but he started talking to us because he thought it was funny basically like some of them will just walk in and say something to the media because they're like did you hear that like did you see that you know um one other one other topic i wanted to throw you guys way while uh 
while it just went into my mind from the game was Jake DeBrusque was in the in the broadcast booth with Jack and oh, Brick yeah. and, and discussed uh, where he's at with his injury. I don't know if one of you guys have what he said or if you get basically. I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you need time to so, pull it up? Or? No, I have it. Um. Yeah. So he. It was kind of interesting because we did get a little bit more. I was. I'm a fan of like when they let a player sit in for like a chunk of a period because I just like hearing how they would describe their own team and, and different things like that. So I liked him being in there and he see like he was comfortable. I almost feel like he's going to be a broadcaster at some point. Um, but he well, did, it, it would run in the family. It would run in the family. And no, he definitely was kind of a natural at it. And like, kind of has that way about him that he can oh, joke and like play off stuff. He walks in, he's like, what's up, boys? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, said that a say, bunch of times. He, he might have to cut down on the boys mentioned because <laughs> he was averaging about one every 12 seconds. He was, but that was just like his, that was how he's friendly. Like that's part of his friendliness. Um, But either way, so he gives a little bit more insight into where his progress is with the injury. Um, because they asked him like, Oh, you know, how is he? he's like, I just been chilling. Like basically he hasn't been doing anything. So he said, I've been chilling for a week. I was finally able to drive recently, which, you know, it's bad when you can't drive. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever had an injury. Well, Scott, you broke your leg, but like, you know, it has to be really bad in order for you to not drive safely. So he's driving again. So that's good. Um, and they said, uh, they asked him, did you know when, when you got injured or did you kind of like play through it and figure it out after? And he said, I knew my upper body was injured first shift. And then he said that the the leg injury happened five seconds before I scored and the adrenaline, uh, it, like it came at good timing because then the adrenaline hit and then I just kind of like finished out the game. Um, so he is a little bit, I don't know if you guys think he's, behind what you thought he was but the fact that he's just driving to me means like that's not very far along in the progress of recovery no i didn't i didn't think anything like that i mean he's basically what like almost two weeks into um he's basically like a week and a half into what was initially described as about a four-week recovery um so I always felt like it was going to turn into five weeks anyways, because that fourth week is right before the all-star game. So if you just hold him out through the all-star break, you, you build in an extra week. So I feel like he's probably still on that timeline. I didn't get the sense that anything, anything was off or whatever. Um, but yeah, so got, got that. That was good. Um, you know, it's, they they've been playing pretty well without him. Like that, I think that that Seattle game, you wondered, you know, okay, do, are they going to miss him against better opponents? But the Toronto game really helped kind of quell that. You know, they they put up goals. They scored five at e- or four at even strength uh, without him. And then you get a game like today where you know the second line just lights it up. Um, you know, I, I thought the oddly like the first line it was actually kind of quiet and. I still kind of wonder, you know, how that's going to hold up with like Craig Smith playing in in a bigger role like that. He hasn't he hasn't really impressed me too much when he's moved up there, to be honest. So I wonder, you know, will Montgomery kind of keep trying that, or do you try something else at some point? Really, the only other thing he's tried there is Pasternak, and then that kind of you know shifts around the rest of the line. So 
still, you know, I, they obviously do miss DeBrusque, but so far I would say not as much as you might have initially feared, which again just speaks to the depth of this team that we saw earlier in the season where they can overcome injuries and they just have so much of it that they're still going to beat the teams that they should be beating and they're still going to be competitive against even the better teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, you know what's interesting, guys, is like the one injury you kind of noticed the most uh, or his absence the most statistically was was when Derek Forbert was out and, and the penalty mm-hmm. kill was struggling without him for those 11, was it 11 games or so. Yeah. Which is interesting because like you just, you wouldn't, nothing against Forbert, but like you, you're talking about a team that was without McAvoy and Martian to start the year and Grizzlick and, you know, Krejci went down for a little bit and Zaka stepped right in and uh, DeBrusque is the latest example. And yeah, I mean, Craig Smith, it's like, you know, it, it's it's a difficult player to, to I guess, discuss because you don't want to criticize him because he, you can tell how hard he's working, right? And it's like when, when, the, when, when the work ethic is there, that's like the biggest thing with me. I don't like to, you know, crap on people when they're trying. But like, you know, I think he's just overthinking it a little bit. Like there was a play today where he had the, he had the puck in transition at the right circle and, you know, just tried to thread it through like four bodies and then, you know, it just, it, it just wasn't a smart play. He's f- trying to force plays. And, um, but I still don't, as long as they're winning and they have this cushion and like, you might as well, there's nothing, you might as well allow the guy to try to get out of it with those two players. still. like, it's not harming them clearly. Obviously like Martian and Bergeron aren't clicking five on five, like they usually do. But I mean, it's, it's the dog days of the season. And I think it's more important to try to get Craig Smith going than it is uh no did you just say dog days because i was making fun of uh something jack said uh at the game today because i still have no idea what he was talking about but one of the things i didn't get to comment on was in the the toronto broadcast the very open of the broadcast jack starts it out like dogs get a bad rap and i'm like no they don't everybody likes dogs and then he's like trying to like some sort of dog days of summer comes from like some ancient thing that he's explaining and i'm just sitting there like he's gonna land this plane at some point and it never landed and i was just sitting there like what is going on with this dog metaphor and i knew like i was like i they're gonna like i don't know if they talked about it without me but it was a whole metaphor that i was just like this he never landed the plane. I mean, Jack, we all we know this. Jack loves to circle the runways, all right? He he he, he, <laughs> he he milks it. He milks it. Okay, we know this. I didn't catch the dog one though. Uh, it was Jack. the very top of the broadcast, and I he yeah. talked for about five minutes before Brick said a word because he was trying to go over this thing, and I wasn't. I don't think anyone was with him by the end of it. I was like, okay, okay, or right, you lost me. Okay, you lost me. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting still. I'll wait to see if you can land this one. But I, I think it landed in the, yeah, in the bay out there somewhere. Like it didn't find the runway. Uh, Do you guys? You know what it makes me think of? Did did you, you guys see like during the MLB playoffs some of the Bob Costas Twitter memes? No. So, Bob for whatever. Like obviously, I know you know Bob Costas has called everything throughout his career, but. He gets to call MLB playoffs and he really doesn't do like play by play for baseball or really any other sport at this point. And he so he has this habit of just like going off on these long tangents that are like just try to get way too and like try to like be poetic about baseball and stuff. So people started doing Twitter memes of like 
Bob Costas just like droning on about these topics, and then like, and then it'll be like whatever the color commentator's name was, and it'll be like ball two outside. And I feel like like that could be Jack and Brick, where it's like Jack Jack will just get going on something, and like then you could just you could just see Brick being like Krejci wins the draw. Yeah. Like, my, my still game going on. My yeah. favorite. I've I've told you guys this before, but my my uh, my favorite Jack and Brick moment was back in. 0708 when I, I like I've said I've, I've said this in the podcast but they're at the commercial break and they don't know that that they're uh that they're back and um oh and, no that's yeah. never good those yeah. are my nightmares Brick's talk Brick's talking about his daughter going to, on a college visit on a campus visit and uh he was like speaking in third person like somebody talking about Brick like like to his daughter they're like did your father play, ever play professional hockey and then Brick is like answering as his daughter like it, he said, "F and right, I did whatever like that." But it was, uh, and then Jack starts snickering. They both start laughing like a couple schoolgirls. <laughs> it was, it was gold. But uh, that was a while ago. Now they've been together for quite some time. The be- besides, besides Martian and Bergeron, the best duo in Boston, right? On the tenure duo. No, no, sorry, uh, I couldn't agree with that one. But uh, no, those hot mic situations are my worst nightmare because I'm pretty like. On a broadcast last week, there was one point in time where they went to break, like we went to break on Nesson, and like I had thrown it to break with with a few seconds, and I thought I was safe, but I said right after, like, "Oh, my hands are so cold," and I'm like wondering if everyone that was listening heard me say that because she <laughs> then she said clear after, and yeah. I was like, every, "I'm gonna like get some text right now, like you cold, like are your hands cold, like." I, for a second, I was like, I think that might have come in before she hit the break. <laughs> so at least it wasn't a swear. But at certain times, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, did that just go over? <laughs> that would have been the most like teddy bear, innocent hot mic moment in the history of television. It was like my hands. Oh are my cold. god, my hands. <laughs> it could be a lot worse than that. It could, but so yeah. I mean, I try not to swear when I have the headset on at all, just because I don't want that to happen. But like. Every once in a while, you're like, "Oh, that might not have been good." Yeah, we have some hot mic moments on here too, but we have the luxury of uh, of editing, so mm, that's true. Don't... You guys uh, don't even hear half of it. Nothing too bad makes it makes it over the airwaves, but uh, <laughs> Bridget's feel... dog Melvin. You should just you should hear him. He just oh, he's uh, it's, it's very like profane. Taylor. <laughs> um. Okay, we're at the hour mark. Was there anything you guys wanted to touch on before we uh, end? Well, so Boston, we touched on this Boston a little Mark bit. Has on... painted nails. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up the other Pasternak news, but yes, he does have painted nails. Yeah, what was the other? Um, yeah, the other news, Scott. So we touched on this a little bit uh, after the Leafs game, but Elliot Freeman on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday uh, reported, "Bridget, this isn't me slipping into a Canadian accent. This is me trying to do one. Mm-hmm, that there has been mm-hmm. progress uh, between the Bruins and Pasternak." Uh, he said progress like that, like four times in 30 seconds. Um, and then Steve Conroy, the Boston Herald on Sunday, confirmed that via Postonarch's agent, J.P. Barry, who uh, t- texted Conroy, we have we have made progress from a month ago, it is fair to say. So that's a different tone than even two weeks ago when Barry told Steve Conroy that he couldn't say whether there had been progress or not. And that was in the wake of a uh, rich Keith's report that a deal is being finalized. So 
yeah, obviously progress has been made now. Like it's getting reported by Friedman. JP Barry is confirming it on the record. So, uh, you know, I think that's obviously a pretty encouraging sign. If you're a Bruins fan, still no done deal. So until it is, you know, everyone's still going to be waiting, but, um, you know, usually agents don't acknowledge stuff like that unless like when he says progress, like he means real progress, not like, Oh, we were 2 million apart and now we're 1.8 million apart. Like, no, like that's not what they're classifying as progress. So I think like that, that is actually like a fairly meaningful development. And it, it goes to like, we're getting like incremental, like Keith reports it and we had heard other stuff around it, but like, it just kind of, consistent which is nice that we're hearing it from first of all his agent that's the biggest thing um but also just like other reporters able to kind of like talk to their sources and and um confirm that confirm what each other is hearing basically that it's it's coming closer um which is nice and like the funny thing is we're in the locker room after the game talking up pasta and most of it's about Krejci but like he's line meets with Pavel Zaka and you're sitting there thinking like oh I want to ask him about Pavel's contract like you know like did what was the conversation like with him after he got extended and then it's almost like well but I feel like I can't ask him that because he's gonna think it's about his contract like it was there's always just a little bit of that tension like especially with Zaka signing it's like okay this is the extension but we're waiting for this one like and and they're both from the same country and they're both like i there was definitely a thought in my mind today when we were talking to posternock like the prominence of it um after the after the zaka extension like you can feel it i'll tell you what i feel like rich Keefe is looking at jp barry right now and saying buddy can you throw me a bone because like a week ago JP Barry's like, nah, that, that report's malarkey. <laughs> he texted on her. He's like, rubbish. Yeah, yeah rubbish. 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 But yeah, I mean, obviously the, the agent's not going to lose leverage or tip his hand, right? Um, so the fact that he is reaching out to, to you know, media personalities in Boston or at least those in his role decks. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I'm producing Rich's show tomorrow. I'll pick his brain. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, but- I, I was I was talking to him like a week or so ago, and he he's still standing by it. He, like he said on on his show that he's standing by it. And when I when I last talked to him, he was saying like still think it's gonna happen. He still trusts his source. So well, he said that tonight too. Tonight uh, on his show, he before he signed off, he said he had some Pasternak stuff to get to tomorrow. So um, oh, I'll be there. <laughs> real, real, real quick, real quick though, um, how jaded does Don Sweeney look in these press conferences? The Because because aside from the Mitch Miller thing, which obviously was a huge story and a huge blunder, Don has actually done a – he's had a really strong couple of calendar years. The Bruins, like even like – like even like some of these, these uh, draft um, picks from this past June, like they seem to be having like decent junior seasons and whatnot and some highlight real goals. But beyond that, the NHL roster moves he's made um, have either been vindicated in the, this season or have just been like really strong moves. And like when I say vindicated, I mean like a, like a Felino or somebody like that. But he's had a really strong um, 24 months call it if you take away the Mitchell Miller thing. 
But that Mitchell Miller thing just beat the shit out of him because, like, people were coming at him left, right, and center. He just seems so jaded in these press conferences. Like, there's, he's not smiling. He's he's short, kind of yeah. anchored and whatnot. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Yeah, well, I mean, it was in, it was especially interesting because Saturday night was actually his first press conference since the Mitch Miller one. Since yeah, that <laughs> it's since that Friday when he was asked about the signing. You know, then you had Cam Neely on Monday after they cut ties, and no one since because then there was an investigation and. Um, you know, front office went radio silent, didn't do press conferences, didn't do interviews, radio appearances, anything. So, uh, you know, now obviously Saturday, I'll just speak for myself because it's like, yeah, I think at some point, like, you know, we would have liked to have been able to ask more about the Miller investigation, all that. Like for me, Saturday night, wasn't the time to do that when he's sitting there next to Pavel Zaka, like more than anything, like, I just wouldn't want to put Pavel Zaka through that at that time. And also, like, it was, like, 11 at night, and, you know, we all have God, stories to write. And you're shit, a so. capital J journalist. You yeah, gotta... but th- that, it was, like, it wasn't, again, just speak for myself, like, it wasn't the time or place to ask him about Mitchell Miller shit. <laughs> I'm, like, just me- that, I'm just messing with yeah. you, but we always say Scott's got to ask the tough questions, right? Someone's got to yeah. do it. <laughs> but to your point, Brian, like, I did kind of get that sense of, like, this is someone who's, been like i don't know if humbled's the right word or like shamed by this whole thing who you know yeah could be sitting up there really proud of the work he's done in trades and free agency and you know could puff his chest out a little except for that and like i felt like that's what we saw we saw someone who you know obviously wanted to say a lot of nice things about pavel zaka and, and did that um and wanted to talk about how successful his team is but who came across as like a little cheapish and a little bit of like, you know, I know like what you all would really like to ask me about, but uh, you know, like I'm here to talk about Pavel Zaka type thing. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he looked like a guy who was sitting in a room with a bunch of people that he knew were, you know, slandering him and calling for his job or this or that or the other thing. And um you could just see it all over his face. It was very strange. Uh, again, because you were celebrating a, a really, really big win. Um, and you're in the middle of a historic season and you just signed somebody to you, to his right. That's going to be a part of their team for the next four years. So I just found it kind of, it was notable and, and look like the, the situation is on him and cam and the Bruins organization, but like, you know, you have to wear it when you, when you make mistakes, but I, I Obviously, if I were him and and I I was in his shoes, I I wouldn't be probably grinning ear to ear to see everybody as well. But it's it's again, it's that's that's the bed that he made for himself. And he has to lie in it, but he has done a great job. Other than that, he really has. Uh, and this this NHL roster is really really deep, and you know he's he keeps making comments how like we're gonna we're gonna plan for the future when we get there. And I think I think he hit, hit, their their sole purpose is to win a cup this year as it should be. But I don't think that I believe them when they say that not looking too far ahead. And I also believe them because, again, outside of that Miller signing, when they say they're going to do something or address something, they've been pretty much accurate in what they say. So I, they'll figure something out when when, when the moment's right. It's, um, but anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because I noticed that he was a little gloom. Um, yeah. You know? No, and I agree with you completely. Like he's extended the right people he's kept the right people he's moved guys for better guys uh he 
could be taking a victory lap, but he's not going to get the chance to. And I, I feel like it's going to be a blemish for a while. <laughs> um, just in, maybe for him, it'd be great to just sit aside a time and talk about it. Like then people aren't, it's not the elephant in the room. You're like, you gotta just need an apology and then you can move on. Maybe for him, that's what he needs. But like, as of right now, no, it's still there. Like it still hangs over him. But like, there was a time last season where extending Jake DeBrusque instead of trading him at the deadline seemed kind of like, okay, that's weird. And now it looks like a great idea. Um, and same with a bunch of other things like you already listed. So maybe it's just like clear the, clear the air, give an apology has to come. Like it has to be heartfelt or it has to be at least believable. Um, and then hope that people can get back to, focusing on the other stuff you did that actually is helping the team. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to create any more headlines uh, about himself during this, this current season. I think he's probably done enough damage in his own mind to distract. Hey, all-star break. There's time. Oh, that's yeah. There you go. All-star break will be a good time. 